Hey there, Radiant Soul. Welcome to the Alight and Align with Reiki podcast. A podcast where we get real with Reiki. Join practitioners Evie Reyna and Nancy Shapiro as we weave the spiritual into your everyday journey of self-discovery, skincare magic, Akashic Records, and all things holistic. Are you ready to experience real talk with a sprinkle of magic? Let's dive in. Welcome everybody to Alight and Align with Reiki. This is our podcast where we get real with Reiki. Today is episode eight. It is the final episode of season one. And Nancy and I are here today to answer listener questions. And we're very excited to respond to all of the feedback that we've gotten from the podcast. It's been really, really positive. So we're so happy to answer the questions that you've submitted. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what they've said. This will be fun. We always check in with each other. Nancy, how was your week? It was a good week. It was a good week. It went by really fast. Um, I can't believe we're sitting here again, but it was a good week. Definitely. I got a new pendulum for our challenge. Unfortunately, my one broke. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I was putting my coat on and it it fell and broke and it shattered and I was really upset. (laughs) But I think when that happens, um, it's maybe for a reason. I don't know. And um, I took it as a sign to go get a new one. And I was excited about that. So I really picked a really pretty aquamarine pendulum and I love it. It came yesterday and I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. It's work was done. There you go. Yeah, I guess so. How about you? I was doing good, but I wanted to ask, do you bury it in the yard? Like how do we dispose of it once that happens? Ah, that's a good question. (laughs) I didn't have a ritual. Um, I actually, it was pretty meaningful for me. So I saved the piece that I, the, a big piece of it that I could. And the rest was just shattered, had to be gone in oh, the trash, yeah. back to the earth. But yeah, I don't have a ritual that I do. For the new one, I, I did put it on my windowsill to get the moonlight overnight. I did a clearing exercise that I do with it. But yeah, that's all I do. Yeah. No, no I, was, I wasn't sure. I, that's what I had heard is that you can bury it. You can put it with a plant. You can, you know, everybody has their own personal thing, but that was the first thing that came to mind for that. So I'm sorry. All right. Well, I wish I, next time I'll do that. <laughs> I'm sorry to you. It's tragic when those, when those break it, you feel like a piece of you kind of broke off, you know, You're- I know all the crystals too, or when I lose them, but you know, it's just the way it is. It was meant to move on. Okay. It's okay. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Yeah, so my week was good, and I got to spend a really nice day with the kids. We sat down, we watched the movies, we had a snow day, you know, so we had a really eventful week, but it did fly by very quickly. But the when we roll into our challenge, that snow day gave me a free day to relentlessly, deeply, unapologetically decluttered one of my cabinets in my bathroom and just said goodbye to so many half used bottles and things I didn't want anymore. And it felt really, really good. And it only took me about three hours. So three hours of my life. And I feel so much cleaner and clearer in my, in my space. That is such a good feeling when you declutter. It just, um, you don't, because it accumulates slowly over time and you don't realize it. And finally, when you let it all go, it just, it's so nice. Yeah. You know, and then you like, spruce it up with a new plant or you spruce it up with some new bath towels. And it was just, um, yeah, just a nice little refresh for me. So I was really happy with that. So that was, that was a part of my challenge. Um, what about you? How was your challenge? Yeah, the, the decluttering is an ongoing process with me. I'll say that, but I was able to clear out the hall closet. That was a good feeling and straighten up another closet with the towels and things. So yeah, just getting a little bit of organization in, when the kids come back and forth from school, well, my daughter is the one in school, but yeah, sometimes when she leaves, I just try and straighten up a little bit to get it organized again. It was funny. My son, he's all, oh yeah, that was good. So what, we're not going to have to do that for like another year. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? 
top of that because I don't ever want to do that again. But it literally wiped down everything and just with the intention of clearing, clearing, clearing the space, right? So it was right. all really intentional. But yeah, I was all inspired by the challenge. I don't really think that I set out with the challenge in mind. But then when we were talking about it, I was like, yeah, I did it. You know, so we planted that seed mm-hmm. and I took the action. I think that's what we're trying to inspire with everybody that's listening is we're planting that seed and take the action and the results are there for you and you get the rewards from it. It's just that simple. Exactly. Exactly. Alrighty. So let's dive into our questions. I'm so excited for this. And again, thank you so much for everybody who reached out to us and who has been listening and is really curious about Reiki. That's what we're here to demystify. So our first question came from a listener. They said, after listening to your podcast, I want to have a Reiki session. Can you guys tell me what I need to do so it works better? So being my first time, I'm a little nervous Mm. and this is going to fall under the category of how to prepare. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I was a little nervous too. Um, I don't know about your first experience. I didn't know what to expect. It was during the pandemic and it was virtual. And the woman said, sign up, you'll still receive it and get comfortable. So yeah, I think that's all you need to do is find a place, get comfortable and just close your eyes and, you know, wait and see what happens. You, you may feel something you may not. Um, but it's nothing to be nervous about. I'd say let that go completely because it'll be fine whether you're in person or virtual. I think it'll be, I think it'll be cool. So just let the nerves go and just be open to accepting whatever happens and, and let your practitioner guide you with whatever instructions they give you. How about you, Evie? What do you think? Yeah, the trust is a great thing. So having trust in your practitioner to be better prepared for your Reiki session, I say come with an open heart and you want to have some sort of expectation, but I, I don't want to say have zero expectations, but I'd say be very open to the process and be open to receiving and hearing anything that you need to receive and hear. Because sometimes you get messages from the person that you're working with and their message is just for you and they're meant for you in that moment. So being prepared means coming in with an open mind, um, coming in with trust in your practitioner and coming in with the awareness that you're not going to know what's going to happen. So you're a total newbie and just come in with uh, eyes wide open and a heart wide open. That would be my suggestion. Yeah, that's great. That's a great tip. All right. Uh, The listener says here, I want to try Reiki, but it sounds overwhelming. The colors, the messages, spirit, like we just said, I don't know if I can handle that all the time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I get that. It does sound overwhelming when we talk about it, uh, but I haven't found it to be that way, nor have my clients really. I think it's I know from mediumship and and Akashic Records, spirit will give you what you can handle at the time. So you're not going to have like fireworks going off in your line of vision and and feeling all these things and talking. It's not going to be that chaotic. I found it to be very peaceful. When I, my first time, like I mentioned, I just saw beautiful waves of colors coming uh, behind my eyelids, like beautiful pinks and indigo and greens. And, and that's how it is. You might get a feeling just of comfort and peace and, and maybe your practitioner, I know I will ask the person ahead of time, you know, do you want these messages or do you want to wait till the end? So you can also have a say in how your session goes. You know, you can say, look, I don't want to hear the messages right now, but if you could save them for afterwards, that would really help me or just let them know it's your first time and they'll, they'll do what they can if they're a good practitioner to make it less overwhelming for you. Evie, did you want to add something to that? So I guess when, again, this is our mind. When you're in your mind, you're creating the scenario. You're creating the overwhelm. Ah, this, this, this. And there's so much unknown. So what I would suggest is come into your body, get out of your mind and feel it in your body. Be open to accepting the energy any way it comes to you. And I typically see the colors, feel the warmth and it almost feels like letting go <sighs> like a big X mm-hmm. is kind of how I feel when I know when I know the energy starts flowing I feel like ah oh. so that's the best case scenario so don't go into the session with a overwhelming <laughs> go into it with oh my god what if it feels really good uh, shift your mindset and 
pretend that it's all going to be the best thing you've ever felt in your life. And hopefully you'll have a great experience. Either way, it's worth a try. Yeah, I agree. All right. So then the next question, what should I feel during the session? Am I going to feel anything? That's a great question. I, I think it's important to know that it's different for everybody. And some people feel a lot of sensations and then some people don't feel anything at all. I um, know what I felt during that time. I bring that session up because the, the practitioner was not in the room with me. They weren't even on Zoom and I still felt it. And what did I feel? I It just felt like energy was flowing and it felt really good, like Evie had mentioned. But what I noticed was when it stopped, it just felt like a faucet of energy kind of just shut off. I got up and I looked at the time and it was the time that she said it was going to end. And I could tell she like ended right on time. I felt this energy just shift off. It was just a subtle change, but noticeable. So that's what I felt during that session. Sometimes I get emotion, sometimes not. Um, it just depends. It depends on what I need that day. I think, I don't know. What's been your experience, Evie? Agreed. Right. Distance Reiki, you do feel the energy come at first you're like, nothing's happening. Is this working? What time is it? What's going on? And then, and then it kicks in and you're like, Ooh, there it is. Right. So maybe it starts in your head or you could feel a little something in your fingers or your toes. Um, I don't know. Usually it's like my back is for some reason feels it in a in-person session. You have a little bit more awareness of when it starts, but you know what? I don't, it's all the way the energy comes to you. So there's no one size fits all session. There's no, this is everybody feels one thing. It is so personalized. It is so individualized and Reiki meets you where you are and Reiki gives you what you need. So as far as feelings go, we hope that you feel something, but if you don't have huge, you know, overwhelming sensations. It doesn't mean it's not working because Reiki works on your subtle bodies at a subtle level. So you just have to, again, be open to receiving it as it comes to you. No right and no wrong. Alrighty. The next question we have is, is something that we get we, we understand. All right. So I think Reiki is a little too out there for me. I want to feel relief from my aches and pains, but I'm not comfortable with the idea of getting messages from spirit. Does that have to be a part of my experience? Nancy, what do you think? Um, at least for me with my clients, I give them the option when they come for just Reiki, I inevitably will get messages for them from spirit. They take that sometimes as an opportunity to get in there and, and start talking a loved one usually, but I ask the client if that freaks them out, if they're not up for that, that's not a problem. I just don't give the messages and I actually tell spirit, not right now, this isn't the time and setting that intention ahead of time. So you have to speak up though. You have to tell your practitioner that, you know, you want the messages or you don't and, you know, set your boundaries, say what you're comfortable with. In my opinion, it does not have to be a part of the experience. And, and some practitioners don't do that ever. Um, so, so pick out one that you resonate with and, and let them know how you feel. Yep. Agreed. I will say it's, it's interesting. And this was confirmed for me through our Reiki group that we belong to is when I am in person with somebody, sometimes I don't get any messages for the person. And I'm like, is this thing on? Do, do, do. Hello? <laughs> um, what's going on here? Um, so sometimes I don't get any messages. And then sometimes at the end of the session, I just say out loud, if you have a message for someone on the table, say it now. And then the person gets to receive the message in their head. It doesn't come from me. It comes mm. through them or to them. And then it's personal to them. And I'm like, you don't have to share it with me. Another thing I will do in my in-person sessions is sometimes I'll take notes. So I won't talk to you during the session, but I do have a card that I created that aligns with your energy centers, your chakras. And I will write down some little insights that I got about that, that energy center and I'll hand it to you at the end. Or if I don't fill it out, I encourage you to fill it out on your own, in your own way, in your own time. And so that kind of gives you 
the separation between like needing to hear something going on or receiving a message or not receiving it. It just gives you your comfort zone. It gives you wherever you want to be. That's where it meets you. If I'm doing a virtual session, I end up getting a lot of messages. And again, I ask if you want them communicated, I record them for you. And if you want to listen to them, that's fabulous. If you aren't ready for it, then you save it for when you're ready. So the messages are personal. Some practitioners utilize them a lot. Some practitioners don't get a message at all because really Reiki is just Reiki, right? Just energy, universal life force energy working on your subtle bodies. So that's my take on it. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. You communicate with your person. You are totally in control of the experience and you let them know a little too much for me. Not ready for that. Just here to chill. Awesome. That's what we're going to do. And that's how I work. That sounds great. All right. So our next question is, do I need to tell my Reiki therapist about my specific issue when I come into a session? Hmm. That's a good, I'm trying to think what I do. Yeah. I do think you can tell them if you're comfortable sharing that information, you know, I'll sometimes say, you know, I'm having a bad headache or my neck is achy. That's usually where I have my issues, but sometimes I don't. The Reiki will go where it needs to go and it will kind of find its way to where you're having the issues and where it needs to be cleared. Um, and I found that with my clients that they'll, they'll get what they need from the Reiki without me specifying it, but I can kind of tell when it clears an area up I can kind of sense that, but, but I don't think you need to tell them, but you may want to share that. Although some practitioners may not want to know ahead of time. You, you be you, you decide what you want to do. I think any way you go is fine. What do you, what's your opinion on that, Evie? You know what? Good question. I do ask, I ask, is there anything specific you want to work on today? Because I want to make sure that the client is getting their needs met right? Even though Reiki goes where it needs to go, I still want them to feel heard. And I still want to address the area that they are having a concern with. You're here for a reason. What's the reason? So I think that the communication in the consultation is um, important. And if there is something you really want to work on, I definitely think you can communicate it. Does it mean that one session is going to take care of everything? No, but it's a start and you're making the intention for the energy and you're helping direct the practitioner to alleviate your stress, your discomfort, or your pain. So I think that's a great question. Yes, communicate with what's going on, but not all practitioners want to be guided or led, right? So they want to kind of do the discovery themselves. So you find whatever works for you, but always feel free to speak up and to make sure that your needs are met. The session is here for you. Yes, I agree. Cool, cool. All right, our next segment is the session. Who are your practitioners? How do you find one? And how often? So these are some of the questions that we got that fell under that category. And our first question is, after listening to your show, I'm ready to schedule my first Reiki session. How can I find a Reiki practitioner? That's loaded. Here we go. Yeah. I think once you start looking, you're going to find a whole slew of them um, because it's like when it rains, it pours. Even tonight, I was at a kickboxing class and I saw some man had a Reiki tattoo on his arm of one of the symbols. And so I think you just start to notice they're around and word of mouth is probably best. Um, maybe ask your friends who they've seen or met um, because you want to find somebody that you can relate to, somebody that a friend has used maybe be able to find somebody who they liked then you would like them to is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, your friends are probably a really good source of Reiki practitioners. I'm thinking I would go to somebody I know who does yoga. So I know when my son was having issues, the first person I went to to find a Reiki practitioner was the local yoga business owner. And she was able to provide a few names of people that were great resources for Reiki at that time because I wanted somebody in person locally and she knew people I could find. Yeah, that's great. Cause she was probably a very trusted resource for you too. So I love the trusted resource. That's a great call out, Nancy. Or obviously online Google, you can Google some too. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yes. I've done that. I've Googled practitioners and 
people come up, right? You look at their websites, you kind of see what they offer, you see who they are, and then you can reach out to them. Sometimes I don't get a response or, you know, something just falls through, the timing doesn't align. Okay, not for me. All right, moving on. The other way you can think about it is even hashtags, maybe social media hashtags. And then you get to see the person and what they're like in real life, in real time, what they're offering. But I love the idea of having a a source like a yoga studio. And then I've seen people ask on Facebook groups, I want a medium or I need a tarot reader. Who do you recommend or who do you recommend for Reiki? And you just end up getting flooded with people, right? So it's kind of like, to me, that feels like you get a lot of answers, but I don't think you get a lot of resources. So I like what Nancy's saying is where you get to speak to a person that you know, who has had a personal connection with a Reiki practitioner and you can kind of get guided from that person as opposed to just casting a wide net. And then you still have to do a lot of research. So I like Nancy's method a lot, though. Maybe that's a good start for you. All right. So let's ask this because this kind of goes to our co-host. Are all Reiki practitioners <laughs> meeting? Hmm. Let's ask the medium. I will say no. I don't think all Reiki practitioners are mediums. That is a specialized area. I think a lot of Reiki practitioners are open to it. I think when you get attuned to Reiki, it just opens a gate of some sort. And a lot of people will start to get messages in Reiki. Not all of them, but some do. And maybe they will take that route to go and develop that tool. But some don't. (laughs) That's not the most clear answer, but I did. I am a medium. I um, was attuned to Reiki first and then the mediumship came next. And I think the Reiki helped to open me up to that realm and make it easier to get the messages from loved ones in spirit. That's my own personal experience and what I know. I don't know, Evie, what have you found? I think it's intuitive. I think there's like an intuitive quality that comes along with being a Reiki practitioner, but I definitely don't consider myself a medium. I think that is a gift that people have. And I do think it is a separate gift that needs to be nurtured, developed, and cultivated. So your Reiki practitioners are intuitive. They are the guide or the channel you will say for the energy and maybe they will get some sort of a message for you, but it doesn't mean that they can communicate with your loved ones on the other side, like a medium does. That's a different aspect of communication. That's how I view it. Yeah. Unless somebody specifies when they sign up for a session that they want a mediumship session and Reiki I don't just bring mediumship into a Reiki session, although I will be bring Reiki into a mediumship session. Does that make sense? Did I say that? (laughs) I will bring the Reiki energy um, into my sessions because I feel that it adds an extra layer of light and comfort and clarity and just ease that a mediumship session doesn't have without it. So I feel that enhances my mediumship sessions, but I would never just start channeling loved ones in spirit during a Reiki session. I think that's really, for me, I think that would be a little unsettling when I'm going to a Reiki session for clearing and comfort and healing. And then to have my mom step in and start giving messages. I think that would just throw the whole, (laughs) the whole dynamic off. And, and I just would not be able to relax. (laughs) And when you go to have a Reiki session, don't worry that it's going to turn into a mediumship session. I think they do them separately. Right. Yeah. Don't (laughs) big surprise. You're like, wait, what's going on here? (laughs) I know that would be really interesting. Yeah. That might take me out of the zone because a lot of the good parts about what I like to offer with Reiki is let people just zone out, you know, to, right. you know, just let them be in there. This is their bubble. This is your time to heal and revive and rejuvenate. But then I start asking questions or asking for validation, you know, that calls for the mind to be operational. And I like that in a Reiki session, sometimes that the mind kind of gets to shut off because our mind is so busy all the time. Yes. Two separate sessions, two separate experiences. Yes, your Reiki practitioner can be a medium, but does not mean that they would cross that boundary and do something without your permission. So I think it's all about uh, permission and intent and integrity. 
Okay. <laughs> right. Although I was saying, if I had known that Reiki practitioners were sometimes mediums, that would have been a lot easier to find mediums when I was looking years ago. <laughs> I wish I had known. You live and learn. Right. Well, that's out. <laughs> category. If someone's looking for that, boom, here we are. But if you're just looking for Reiki, you will just receive Reiki. But yeah, I love how we get to layer the Reiki in all these practices. Exactly what we've been talking about for the last seven episodes. Yeah. Okay, the next question says, I noticed someone using crystals in Reiki. Why would someone use crystals in a Reiki session? All right, let's be clear that Reiki is universal life force energy alone. A lot of people use crystals in a Reiki session to enhance the frequency or bring the vibration of the individual crystal into the session for a specific reason. So we know that we've talked about energy centers, we've talked about chakras, and some crystals correspond with certain energy points or chakras in your body. I personally will, with permission, place crystals on the body or around the body. And I use that to enhance the frequency of the Reiki and the crystals together. It just adds a little bit of a boost to this specific energy center that I'm focusing on in the moment. But sometimes it's kind of like, I just work with crystals and Reiki, you know? So it's kind of like in between, but I ask, can I put this on your body? Cause you do have to touch the person and you want to have permission for that. That's how I use crystals, but not every Reiki practitioner uses crystals. They are two separate modalities. How do you feel, Nancy? Yeah, I don't do in-person Reiki, so I can only speak from using it virtually, but I do use the crystals I often use a, like a little doll replica that I, or I'll use the the drawing of a body with the chakra centers and I will place the different crystals there, you know, a selenite or a rose quartz or something to, like you said, add a little boost or just complement the session. And I find it's helpful. I think, again, it goes back to, you know me, I want to feel something, I want to hold something or mm. the weight of yeah, the right? on someone's body them feel like something's doing something because it is something physical crystals are physical reiki is reiki is vast reiki is expansive but reiki is not something that we can hold in our hands but crystals can so they complement each other beautifully and yes when i do my distance sessions i hold the crystals so yeah i absolutely i incorporate it in there it feels just like a very perfect combination for me yeah, I, I'm always holding crystals. I'm, <laughs> I'm the crazy rock lady, as the kids always say. Um, but yeah. Off topic, do you bring them to school, put them on your desk, or do you share at school the crystals, or do you just kind of, are they just in your pocket? It's so bizarre. I They're always in my pocket. I don't have a desk. I mean, I'm substituting, so I don't like go display them on the teacher's desk that I'm subbing for, but I do carry them in my pockets. My pendulum <laughs> fell out. Um so, you know, yeah, I carry them around. And it turns out every year I somehow end up in the second grade classroom where they're teaching stone soup. And it's always <laughs> perfect because I'm like, oh, look what Mrs. Shapiro has in her pockets today. Or a lot of times when I substitute, the kindergartners love to play the game. <laughs> Sounds so weird. Um, what's in Mrs. Shapiro's pocket? And they have to <laughs> they have 20 questions to try and figure out what's in my pocket. And now they know. I've come in there a couple of times. Now they know it'll be a crystal, but the first times they have no clue that it's going to be a purple crystal. And, but they just have fun guessing, you know, they're like, is it a toy? No. Is it something you eat? No. <laughs> um, it takes a long time, which is good. And then they have to be good to be able to ask a question. They have to be good. So <laughs> of that. Fun is that. Yeah. But they call me the crazy rock lady, probably because of this thing. <laughs> You're like, I wonder why. Hmm. Yeah, just one kid that said that it's not, luckily, it's not my nickname yet. Yeah, it hasn't caught, <laughs> hasn't caught on. That way. Oh my goodness. All right. So I thought Reiki was going to make me feel blissful. But during my last Reiki session, I started to cry. Does this mean that Reiki is not for me? How do you feel, Nancy? I would not say that Reiki is not for you just because you're crying, because I know through all of these energy practices, spiritual practices I started doing, I sometimes will cry. And if you know me, I am not one who cries easily. Um, I am not an emotional person. And sometimes you feel this energy moving through you and it's powerful. It's really powerful. And 
yeah, you might cry. Um, you might feel that emotion. That might be the way your body responds. And just know that it's okay, that your body's just feeling the effects of this energy moving through you and to just let it pass through. And I would say, give it another shot, see how it works for you the next time. And maybe that's just your reaction. If you feel better after a Reiki session and you cried, it's okay. Let that go because you're feeling better. Yeah. 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 Crying doesn't always mean bad, right? Like that's not a bad thing to cry. I think when we think about energy in motion is emotion. So how do you get it out of your body, but through an emotion, right? You stomp your feet when you're angry, you cry when you're sad or you're overwhelmed, or maybe you pound your fist on something. I mean, you know, there's like, we have to get these emotions out of our body in some way. And so I guess crying is just part of it, but I'll be transparent and say that my first few Reiki sessions were in person and they were messy. They were not blissful. They were like deep cleansing, Mm. get it out of the bottom of my gut. And like, I have been holding on to this for so long and it needed to come out. And what prompted me to start really receiving Reiki was I had an overwhelming emotional experience. Like somebody from my past came back and I felt so much anger and like all of these old emotions that I hadn't felt for a long time came up and I knew that I needed something to release it because it was just eating me up inside. And that's when I started my Reiki journey on myself as a client, not as a practitioner, but that prompted me to be a practitioner, but it was messy. It was messy. It was not, not pretty at all. So it wasn't blissful, but now we're getting to the blissful part of it. The emotions still come up and I honor them when they need to come up. So you're crying. It's not a bad thing. It is something that you've been holding on to too long and it's time to let it go. You're going to feel so much better afterwards. I said that and my ears were like, "Bing!" they were ringing. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah, that was a great answer. Um, what should I do after a Reiki session? I don't want to reverse what we just did. I don't think there's anything you really can do to reverse a Reiki session. The thing that popped into my mind was abusing substances. That's what I thought. But otherwise, you can't really reverse it. I would just say, be very kind to yourself and take it easy. Drink lots of water to do the detoxification process from within and make sure that you're moving those emotions and make sure that maybe you're journaling or something. But as far as undoing what was done, the only thing you could do is if you repeat the old pattern, if you repeat the pattern you're trying to alleviate, that's going to be a little bit of reversal, but it's part of the process. So one step forward, two steps back, it's okay. It's a journey. It's not always complete after one. So It's a learning process and give yourself some grace and just do what feels good to you in your soul. Take it easy. Give yourself time to let it integrate. That's all. Okay. That's a great answer. Um, I agree with what you said, hundred percent. The next question says, how often should I have a Reiki session? What do you recommend? So there's really no limit. Again, personally, what does your body tell you? Because my body told me when I was ready to release, I was like, I need to find a session now. I called somebody and they were like, yeah, you need to come in now. So don't wait till you get to that point to where you're like pushed to the edge. How often do you need it? You need it as often as you feel called to do it. There is no, there's no timeline for it. It comes to you and, and visits you when you need it. It releases when it's no longer needed. And you can also do your practices every day, even just like sitting in meditation and sitting in gratitude. So that is my answer for that. What do you think, Nancy? Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, you can do self Reiki, like you said, every day, or, you know, if you're working through something, then you're going to go a little bit more often to a practitioner, but you know, like a massage, right? It's maintenance. Part of your spiritual maintenance. Awesome. If it's part of like some sort of traumatic healing process, then you're probably want to have those sessions a little bit closer together so that you can move that energy out a little bit quicker. Again, it's not going to be that pretty process. It's probably going to be a little sticky, a little messy, but the end result is worth it. So whenever you're ready to dedicate yourself to the practice, it is ready for you to receive it. Mm-hmm. Right. But then question, I just can't believe that something I can't see works. How can this be? <laughs> I grappled with that for a long time, you know, and I still, even my husband sometimes is like, I don't know if it works, you know, bring it on. But he's a little bit suspicious. 
<laughs> Somebody brought up a great example the other day and she said, you know, you don't see Wi-Fi, but you know it works, right? You know you have it. And maybe, you know, you can explain it away with all the scientific explanations, but Reiki too, it, it works and you can definitely feel the effects of it and so forth. But I was telling my husband, I haven't seen most bands in concert, but yet when I hear their song on the radio, like it does something to me. I feel emotion when I'm hearing Aerosmith or REM. It puts me in a certain mood. I feel the energy coming through from the band and they're not in the car with me when I'm listening. And so it can be similar to that, you know, that you can get that energy, that feeling coming through you, even if it's not something touching you. Nobody's, you know, when I'm doing Reiki, I am not in the room with these people. Um, I am doing it all virtually and they still feel the effects. They say, Nancy, I saw that. I felt that. I feel different after I come to Reiki and recipes and you do that at night. Like I have the best night's sleep after that. I go right to sleep and I feel great when I wake up the next day. And you can't touch that. <laughs> I mean, I certainly can feel it though the next day when I've had a great night's sleep versus when I've had a lousy night's sleep. So it's little things like that, that you might notice. Um, it might, might not be this huge overwhelming feeling that Evie had at that time. It might be something more subtle. You might notice that you're just feeling a little bit peppier the next day, or you're, you got a great night's sleep, or you felt a little bit happier. You're just going to notice hopefully some subtle differences. Oftentimes it's because of the Reiki. I did Reiki on um, someone recently and he said, well, I'll give you a little bit of the credit for the Reiki. And I was like, you know what? You'd need to give me all the credit for the Reiki. If you're feeling better, great. Like that's my end goal. I think the music analogy is the mic drop on the entire question. So, yep. Everybody can relate to that. Everybody feels that your song, you're, you're in the car and you're vibing or wherever you're vibing and you're not with the band. So let's, let's just leave it there. That was perfect. All right. So question, why would people Reiki their food, their home, their moisturizer or other objects? I mean, does that really do anything? What are we doing? <laughs> uh, well, we do Reiki our food at Reiki and Recipes every month. And we Reiki food and we Reiki teas and body care things. And uh, it's just like when you say a prayer over something, you know, or I say in the Bean and Reiki Recipes, you know, when you make a casserole for somebody when they're not feeling well, you're like, you're putting your heart and soul into this and you're, you're changing the feeling of it, the intention of why you're making this food or why you're using this moisturizer or why you're, we had Christian on, he was talking about raking the plant in his garden. And yeah, you, you can look up the study on the, the water molecules and how they changed when somebody was saying nice things to it versus negative things to it. I think it really does change the energy of something when you're doing this Reiki, being positive around it. I do think it really does do something. Um, it's, you said, does it really do anything? Yeah, I think it does. What about you, Evie? Maybe you can. No, I agree. I think it's all about the intention. I mean, you know, you could say the same sentence two different ways and it's almost like the inflection in your voice or the energy you have when you're speaking it, right? So intentionally putting positivity, clearing or or the highest good of the situation, the highest good of everyone involved. So, I mean, highest good, that is so beautiful, so simple. That's all it is. So I just think raking something is asking for the highest good or the highest benefit to come as the result of using the product or doing the experience or eating the food. And that's how I would look at raking anything in my life is looking for it to give me the highest benefit and the highest value. All right. So uh, with everything happening in the world right now, it's so overwhelming. Can Reiki help with my anxiety? I will say yes. <laughs> that is when I first found Reiki, when I was the most anxious I probably had ever been in my life, worrying with the pandemic and with my kids' decisions with college and whatnot. And uh, Reiki really helped. Going through the self-Reiki at that time was what I needed to help me. It just put me in a calmer place. But when I would do the different symbols and the hand placements, I just felt a lot better. I instantly would feel more calm and peace. 
some days better than others, but I definitely felt the energy was moving. And even when I see with clients, I see their energy shift after session. I see them feel a little bit differently. So yeah, I think it can help when you're feeling overwhelmed. I don't think it's a substitute for medical intervention with a doctor, of course, or a therapist, but I think it can be a great complement to your treatment. It's part of the practice. Absolutely. And yes, I 1000% think that Reiki helps me control my anxiety. Anxiety is just another emotion and it's localized for me, maybe in the heart or maybe in the stomach. And by using the Reiki principles and even just placing my hands over the area where I'm feeling tense brings me a little bit of comfort. So when I add the Reiki into it, it just internally comforts me, soothes me and makes me feel a little more grounded and supported. So I absolutely do believe that Reiki helps with anxiety. And it's something that you personally can use without turning to something outside of yourself. We have to have some sort of self-soothing practices. We try to do that with infants. And as adults, I feel like we move away from that and we're looking for things outside of us. But with Reiki, it helps me self-soothe and know that I'm going to be okay no matter the world's crumbling around me. <laughs> just for feels like that sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. Just for today, we'll be okay. Yeah, just for today. The precepts for sure. <laughs> That's it. Oh. All right. So then how about with sleeping? Can Reiki help calm any racing thoughts or, you know, tossing and turning at night? Does Reiki help with that? We need to do a whole episode on this. I do think it does, though. I, 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 For me, it does. I, a lot of times, I don't have trouble falling asleep, but I do have trouble waking up in the middle of the night. And Reiki helps me fall back to sleep. I'll go through the self-hand placements and invite the Reiki in. And I do feel it helps me fall back to sleep. And some nights at the end of the day, yeah, I'll, I'll do the Reiki at that time too, when I'm in bed and just before I fall asleep, it can definitely help with your sleep in my experience. How about you? Yeah, Maybe. I agree. And it's funny, sometimes I'll go through the hand placements and fall asleep, right? I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever get through them all, to be honest. <laughs> Even in the middle of the night when I wake up, I never get through them all. There you go. Which is good. Yeah, I definitely find it helpful. Yep, that is our that is our stone cold evidence that it absolutely helps. So. Yeah, I Oh, all right. So our next question is, can Reiki help children? I think so. Maybe you don't want to bring the concept of Reiki to the children, but what about mindfulness? What about stillness? Introduce children into centering practices. If you don't want to explain the, the concept of Reiki to them, maybe this, the child centers themselves and maybe the parent or the practitioner just puts their hands on the shoulders of the child. And just, again, I just feel like the anxiety for me feels like ungrounded and unsupported. And those feelings and, and movements where you just touch somebody in such a gentle way feel like you're supported and you're safe. So that's how I would introduce Reiki for children, just as a tiny window into a mindfulness practice. Yeah, that's perfect. And I see a lot of teachers in the schools already doing this, that they have it to do with music, little YouTube videos, they show the kids where they are doing those kind of hand placements. And it does seem to help some of the kids. Uh, although <laughs> I did have one kid and I was like, you know, he's getting very anxious. And I said, just put your hands on your heart, go like this. And he's like, I can't do that now. I don't. So he's like, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. You can begin to introduce that. I think is is great. And I, I know there are some Reiki classes around for kids and also pets. It's a great thing for animals. Um, so it works wonderfully on animals. I've yeah. heard, I wish I had a dog. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a special skill. My cats did love Reiki, especially my cats. At the end of their their days, they loved Reiki. I used to have one and I would wave around his body and then I would stop and then he would put his head on my hand. He was like, come on, more. I was like, okay, we're not done. All right, we'll keep going. <laughs> so yes, I think Reiki with pets, absolutely. Um, they feel it. They can't communicate with us. So they all they have is their kind of like their energy and their emotions. And I think it absolutely helps them. I'm not an animal Reiki practitioner, but there are some very talented animal Reiki practitioners out there. Yeah, I did it. I remember we were visiting my son at school and his roommate had a dog 
who was acting bananas and <laughs> I'm like, I'm just in Reiki on him. And immediately um, he, he settled down and my son, like just his jaw dropped. He's like, Oh my gosh, that really worked. Huh? Um, so I don't know. I, yeah, there's definitely something to the Reiki on the pets for sure. So can Reiki help me quit smoking? Hmm. I, you know, don't give away your power to anything, right? That's what came to my mind. You as the person have to make the commitment to your health and wellness, right? But Reiki can help to eliminate feelings of like jitteriness or maybe the mood swings, the up and down. So I think that that's where Reiki can be beneficial if someone's trying to curb a craving or stop a habit. Alrighty, guys. So we have come to the conclusion of our questions and Nancy and I are going to do a little housekeeping to keep you guys informed with what's going on with us while we wrap season one and get prepared for season two. So what are challenges for the break is for our listeners to take the next step and find your Reiki practitioner. We want you to experience the energy, whether it's calling Nancy or I and booking a virtual session or an in-person session if you're in New Jersey. But if you're calling on one of us to continue your Reiki journey, we would be so honored to share that experience with you. And Nancy also has some other ways that you can work with her. So I want to let her tell you about that. And then we'll talk a little bit more about season two and wrap it all up with some love. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Reiki and recipes I was mentioning earlier, there's one coming up. I do one every season. So the winter one is coming up soon. And then there'll be one obviously for spring. And like I said, we just meet online in Zoom. It's really cozy. We um, mix up some either a sip, a soothe or a snack. <laughs> and we incorporate Reiki into it. Some people just put their feet up and watch and talk, and that's fine too. I send a, um, a whole guide ahead of time for people to use with some bonus recipes, and they can make them with us or they can save them for another time. And then I send 30 minutes of Reiki to everybody in the group. And yeah, it just ends up being a really relaxing, lovely night doing a lot of self-care. And I also have a once a month, I've started doing energy session. Sometimes it's trance healing. Sometimes it's the Reiki energy and you just have to sign up for it. You don't even have to show up for it, but the energy will find you and you can be a part of that once a month. I have that as well. And then my Akashic records and mediumship sessions, I always offer. And this is going to be my first time that I'm offering an Akashic records course where I will teach you the basic essentials of how to open your own records. So I'm combining, I'm kind of excited because I'm binding my long time teaching experience into spirituality and teaching you how to open your own Akashic records. So that's coming up and yeah, those are, I'm excited about all those right now. Awesome. Is there a charge for the trans healing? There isn't. Um, yeah, I am hoping to get more involved in volunteering with Reiki. We've been talking, uh, Christian brought up about in the hospitals and places and a place that's close to my heart is with people who are going through cancer or those kind of treatments or uh, caregivers, you know, cause my mom passed away from that. And so I just want to give back a little bit. So it's just a once a month, but no, there's no charge because I know people have a lot of expenses that they're dealing with. And I wanted them to be able to experience the healing energy without an extra burden of cost. It's once a month. I may increase it if it becomes popular. Um, but yeah, you can find that as well on my website. That's a beautiful offering. And then just drop your website so that they have a direct link. It's mystic energy with nancy.com or it can be me, M E with nancy.com. Yeah, I have it under group services or group sessions, and my one on ones are there too, and the raking recipes. So, yeah, um, that's a new offering this winter. So, I'm excited about all these new things popping up. Good for you. Yes, we're all about expanding the energy and finding ways that we can serve the community a little bit better. And Nancy is definitely leading the charge on that. So I'm really inspired by you, Nancy. Thank you for sharing everything that you do. It's really beautiful. Do you want to talk about some of our guests and exciting topics that we have coming up next season? We kind of have an outline. We don't have anything totally solid, but we have high hopes. So we got some guests like... <laughs> 
um, yeah, I don't know. We have so many. I don't know if we're going to be able to squeeze them all into a season two. We may. <laughs> so if they're not in season two, they may be in season three. But we definitely want to get into um, mindfulness. You know, the rate like we talked about the Reiki for anxiety and stress relief. Um, moving into talking about how Reiki can help with. PMS and menopause symptoms and other things. I get migraines. So we'll maybe be talking about that and meeting with some people who have incorporated Reiki into their everyday life, of course, but also into their businesses. Um, Bring on some new guests who maybe bring Reiki into art and um, into plants and essential oils and you know, just everyday wellness and just showing us how they can incorporate Reiki into other areas. And even I hope we might have a hypnotist. Somewhere. We haven't presented that to him yet, but I think that could be a really fun thing to explore. So we'll have some fun and different topics that hopefully will be of interest to you. If there's something that you would like to hear us talk about uh, some topic with Reiki, you know, always reach out to us through Instagram or through one of our websites. And we would be happy to consider that for an upcoming episode, or at least just discuss it in a Q and I. Absolutely. All right, my friends. So we are so excited to bring you more Reiki in ways that you can work it into your life in just more expansive ways with more expansive guests. And we want to thank you again for joining us on our maiden voyage, the Alight and Align with Reiki podcast. It's just been something that we're really happy to share with you. I don't know. We didn't know how how it was going to roll out and it's just feeling really good. So we hope it feels really good to you because it feels really good to us. And we thank you for your ears and your support. We really, really do. So as we wrap up episode eight of season one, we are just sending so much gratitude to the collective for tuning in. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. All right. See you next season. See you next season. Bye, guys. It's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us on our mystical journey today. We hope you found our conversation enlightening and entertaining. If you like what you heard, don't forget to follow us on social media for behind the scenes content, updates, and sneak peeks into future episodes. You can find us on Instagram at a light and align dot with Reiki. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We have some expansive topics lined up for future episodes and we can't wait to share them with you. Remember, our community is the heartbeat of this podcast and we would love to hear from you. Feel free to share your thoughts, suggestions, and even your own stories with us. Let's continue this conversation together. Until next time, stay curious, stay connected, and stay tuned for another thrilling episode. Catch you in the cosmos.